Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru, and you are now joining the fourth series of Out of the Bubble podcast. I can't believe in the last two years I've interviewed over 40 women, and I now have another jam packed lineup full of inspiring women, all with a story to tell. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble. I hope you've had a great week. Today, we're going to be having a different conversation conversation about a topic that we actually as women are particularly bad at talking about it can often be seen as a dirty word today we're going to be joined by claire sweet who is the founder of peacetogether.co.uk and today we're going to be talking about money why is it that women find it so difficult to talk about and tackle this conversation claire sweet is a financial planner and advisor and is passionate about helping ambitious women take control of their money so i'm very keen to find out more so good morning claire welcome to out the bubble Hooray! It's so nice to be here. It's just great to be able to get together and have a chat and um, yeah, really pleased to be here. Yeah, it really is. Thank you so much for joining me. And I said in the introduction that you know today's subject is something that I've not, I've shied away from tackling before because it's because for some reason, I think particularly women find it really difficult to talk about money. I think it's just the way that we were brought up. I think not just as women, but as people generally. I think it was always that thing that you didn't talk about money because well, you just didn't. It was common that people didn't know how much other people earned. I, mean, I think most people listening, if they look back, will probably think that they had no idea growing up how much their parents earned or what they paid for their house um, or even what things cost outside of the things you'd buy in a supermarket because we just didn't discuss it with parents and kids and even amongst each other. I mean, I remember in sort of some of my first jobs where you didn't ask other managers what they were earning. You just didn't. It was almost like you were given your pay and then you kept quiet about it because you might be on more than somebody else. And, you know, now we look back at it and as a, an industry and, you know, from a female point of view, it's likely that one of the reasons that we were being told not to talk about it is that we were being paid less than our male counterparts and they didn't mm. want us to work out. Yeah. Um, but it was just that thing. There was no transparency. Um, and I think over time, people are becoming more used to discussing it and realizing that actually there isn't a problem with talking about money but those things that we hang on to in our belief system it can be really hard to overcome um and you still sometimes feel that if you talk about being successful or how much money you've earned or how much you've spent on something that somebody somewhere is going to judge you for that and is going to be looking at what you've spent and thinking that you're flashy or that you're being a show off or all those things that as a kid you were told don't do that nobody will like you so I think it's getting better but yeah I think it's still an issue yeah it's so true so for anybody that doesn't know about you how would you describe what you do or what the work that you're doing how would I describe what I do okay so I would tell you um, that I'm Claire Sweet and I'm a money expert and I've got alpacas in my garden and basically that I have built my dream life. I've changed career from a corporate nine to five, working every other weekend through to working a flexible 20 to 25 hour week where I get to spend time outside and do stuff. And the reason that I've been able to do it is that I've organized my money and that I've got things in place so that I can have a consistent income from my business, which is something that I know so many business owners worry about because their money goes up from one month to the next and they don't know whether they're coming or going. And that I've been able to then use that to present myself in the best possible light to the mortgage lender that then let me buy the house that I love it. And um, we've been here just over two and a half years now. And I've got seven alpacas out in our garden um, and four chickens. That's quite recent, only the last three weeks that the chickens have come as well. Um, 
and I love it. And I suppose what I do with people is I help them to look at where they are and where they want to get to um, and then come up with a workable plan to get there. That doesn't mean that they need to be clipping coupons and living on economy baked beans. You know, life mm. is about um, quality of life, enjoying the journey. You know, none of us knows how long we've got on this world. And, you know, what you don't want to be doing is squirreling every penny away for a one day because you don't know whether your one day is going to come or not. So, yeah, yeah it's about saving for that big thing you want, but having enough money for fun along the way. Um, and I suppose because I've got real world experience, I'm quite conscious that I do it in a user friendly way. And there's not the jargon and the overwhelm that people often find um, when dealing with their money. I try to break it down into little steps so that every day you can do a little something to move you closer to where you want to be. And I love it. It's I mean, it's amazing. And I love the fact that you just dropped the fact that you've got seven alpacas in your garden. I just love that story. It's just that you, know, <laughs> that you are living, you know, lots of people's dreams, I would imagine, Claire. And I know the other thing that I like about you is the fact that you have had these life experiences. You know, you have forged your own path. And I know you've had times when you've, you've struggle financially and you've got divorced and you've brought up kids on your own for a short for, for a while so you you've lived in lots of other women's shoes haven't you so you know how difficult it is to kind of get to where you've got to but it but also how achievable it is as well and that's the thing i mean everybody is sort of living their own life and their own path but what i'm increasingly finding is that people um, and certainly women in their sort of 40s and 50s are changing careers because they've decided that they want something that's going to give them a bit more flexibility in life. Um, I think in the old days, most people would leave school or go to college and then they would get a job and they would stay in the same job for 30, 40 years. And then they would retire, get a pension. And that's when they'll travel and spend time with their friends and decorate their house. And all the people that say, Oh, one day when I retire, I'll do this. And one day when I retire, I'll do that. And I think, as a nation, we've become different now and that we've realized that life is short or can be for some people and that having quality of life along the way is a lot more important. And what that often means is that if you've moved into a career that you love in your 30s or 40s, you probably don't want to get to 60 and just hang up your boots because you enjoy what you're doing, which means for a lot of women, Retirement isn't really retirement. It's more about working less hard. So most business owners I speak to will tell me that, you know, when they get to 55, 60, 65, they'll still be working in some context, but they might just see one client a month or work on one particular project they really enjoy, which means their income will go down. They'll still have income from their business, um, but it won't stop completely, which means we can build on this when we're looking at how are they going to have money to fund this lifestyle? We don't necessarily need to think about having a pension. I mean, it's, it's a good thing to have, don't get me wrong. And for most people, it's a really good thing to have as part of your um, strategy. But it's not the be all and end all because you may still have income from your work. You may have income from a business of some sort that you're completely hands off with. Um, you might even have some rental property. Um, people getting together later in life. Um, often, you know, if you have a house of your own and you're all done and settled and you, you, get together with somebody who's also got a house of their own it's increasingly common that you rent out one of the houses rather than sell it and have another mm. income and in that case that's another income that will continue so it just means that you can be so much more flexible now with what you do um, and yeah having seen some of the things that people go through and obviously I've not seen every life circumstance but mm. no as you said you know I, I've gone from corporate career to 
small business to middle-sized business and you know we're still rapidly growing and advancing which is brilliant i've been a single parent i've been divorced um, i've been through family bereavements and, and all those things that mean that i understand how it can feel to go through some of this stuff i know what it's like when you're as a business owner looking at your bank account thinking there's 80 pounds in there and i've got direct debits to pay in three weeks and like where is the money coming from yeah. I've been there, you know, um, and some of the strategies that over the last 12, 15, 20 years I've come up with, um, I like to share with my clients because it gives them a way of shortcutting some of this and yeah. not having to go through some of the aggro that I did. Amazing. And I know that, you know, from talking to people in, in the Out of the Bubble group, finance is one of the big barriers that stops people from taking that new career later in life because they're scared of the implications and quite often it's because they just don't know where to go for the right information because it's quite an intimidating arena isn't it so i think the fact that you're so passionate about helping women is a brilliant advantage i think it's also about them getting the right advice so i mean anybody can jump onto a computer and go to google and find information but it takes time and it's not always accurate because anybody can put what they want on the internet and you can't necessarily guarantee that what you're looking at is going to be accurate. I mean, there are plenty of people out there that have got no finance qualifications or experience at all, but have still done brilliantly well. You look at something like moneysavingexpert.com, Martin Lewis, he's mm. a journalist. He's, he's not actually got any finance background, but he's built this amazing thing because he's got a team of researchers um, and it's a really useful resource. But if you want to be able to know what you're doing and not have to trawl through pages of stuff on the internet, then speaking to somebody who knows, an expert that's got training qualifications, is, is a shortcut way to actually getting where you want to get to quicker. And I think that, you know, there is so much information out there. It can become amazingly overwhelming and you just don't know where to start. I mean, I think the biggest problem a lot of women have with starting to get their finances sorted is they're just so overwhelmed they don't know what to do and they go and you know tidy a cupboard or, or do something else instead because they're like do you know what? i'll do that another day yeah. and when they have done it they feel so much better but it's getting through that stress situation i suppose and coming out the other side because you know i think the, the analogy generally is that you know you, you need to be able to mend your roof before it leaks you know you can't wait until your finances come crashing down around your ears and then look for help because yeah. it's so much harder to dig yourself out of a hole. If you can start with sort of a, a middle ground foundation and build in bit by bit things that are going to give you safety and security, you'll know that actually if something happens, I mean, coronavirus this year is something that, you know, none of us saw coming, Yeah. but it hasn't been doom and gloom for everybody because for, you know, there are some people out there that have done no work at all in the last six months or it's drastically stopped. And they've been in a complete hole but equally there are people for whom business has stopped but it's not been an issue because they did have three to six months worth of their bills money tucked in a savings account so they've just been dipping into that everything's been shut so they've not been spending as much and they found that actually they're doing okay there's been a whole load of people that have been furloughed and have been sat at home on 80 percent pay they've done all their decorating they've done all their you know daytime tv and netflix binging <laughs> And now they're looking to invest in themselves in personal development because they've actually got time on their hands to sort out all those things that are normally on the I'll do it one day list. After six months of being at home, they're starting to do it. And then on top of that, we've got business owners whose businesses have actually grown or even rocketed during this Corona period because they've been able to spot something that is missing 
and create a product to fill a need, which ultimately is what business is about. And I'm not talking about, you know, your big people here. Everyone's seen the stuff on Facebook about how much money Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg have made. Mm. I'm talking about everyday people who have taken the situation of coronavirus um, and done something different. I mean, I, a friend of mine told me about somebody in their village where the guy's a taxi driver. And when coronavirus hit and they realized that supermarkets were having shortages of things and people didn't want to go out, within two weeks, they'd set up a veg box delivery and they were delivering vegetable boxes from a taxi. They were going into London, buying it all from wholesalers and getting it out and about. So for everybody who is sat at home as a taxi driver saying, well, there's no work, there's no business, no one wants to go in the taxi. There's someone else who's prepared to get up off their backside and find a gap and actually do something different um yeah and it's meant that it doesn't have to be that negative thing i mean i'm generally quite a positive person i think that every situation teaches us something yeah um yeah. and I, t I tend to see the, the positive side of things but i think that you just need to um do what feels right for you at the time um, have you been busier be too worried about other people i've been phenomenally busy yeah. Yeah. We're about 50% up on this time last year. Um, and I think some of it is because people are having more time to stop and look at their finances, mm. which means the things that they've been meaning to do, um, they've been doing. Um, we've spoken to a lot more people about protection policies, specifically um, personal protection, because I think there are a lot of people who might buy a house and at the time they buy it, they think, oh, I know I really should sort out some sick pay or some life cover or something. They mean to do it. They don't get quite round to it. Well, unfortunately, in COVID, I think we're now at the stage where everybody knows somebody who's either had it, yeah. been ill or died. And because of that, I know it sounds horrible, but it does focus people's minds. We've done a lot more will writing in the last six months mm -hmm. than historically we do because people suddenly think to themselves, oh, my goodness, this thing is really happening. And then they suddenly realize that they haven't got their ducks in a row and they want to do it. So some of it has been that. But the other part of it, I say, has been business owners who are wanting to invest in themselves. And they're taking this opportunity while business is a bit quieter to actually get all their financial stuff sorted so that they can come out of this hitting the ground running. You know, and over the last six months, my one to one coaching work um, has increased um, and yeah, I've ended up with with more and more clients because they see the value of getting on top of their finances so that they can do what they need to be doing. You know, yeah. don't write off 2020, but they want to be able to, I suppose, just just zoom forward. Yeah. And I suppose if, I've never thought about it in this way, but there's been this real influx of life coaches and having mentors and, and career mentors. And, but actually to have one-to-one -one with somebody like yourself that is a financial coach in in in, in a sense is a real it's, it's, it's so important and probably more important than the life coaching in a way because you've got to get your fundamentals right first to be able to move forward i think also it's to do with where your strengths and confidence lie because i mean i worked with a lady last year who is phenomenally good at the business that she does but the finance stuff she just hadn't quite grasped and some of the changes that i made were quite small changes i mean things like having a separate business account than a personal account now if you're a sole trader and not a limited company you don't actually need a business account you can use a personal account but you just need a separate account hmm. because by keeping the money separately it makes it so much easier to see if you're actually making a profit or not 
if you're not and you need to lend your business money, you can actually make a choice to move some money from your current account into your business account and you know you've lent yourself money. You don't give yourself this false illusion that everything's okay because you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in your current account and suddenly get to the end of the month and realise there's not enough for the direct debits. And things like that and paying yourself a consistent income made such a difference to her so quickly, even down to some of the direct debits that were coming out of the wrong account. It was just literally a, well, why are you paying for this personally if that's a business expense? You need to pay for it, you know, phone them up, change your direct debit. And it's like, mm. oh, okay. And it was quite a light bulb moment, but it culminated towards the end that actually she had the opportunity to apply for a heritage grant of £100,000 to actually continue to develop her business. She's in the arts. Um, and to be fair, it's great that she managed to do it because obviously everything is now grinding to yeah. a halt. Um, and so I helped her fill out her proposal form and come on top of her figures, but also how to present herself and fill out the application so that she would increase her chance of getting it. And she did. Yeah, and she messaged amazing. me to say that she got this award for £100,000. Now, for some people, it's a monetary thing that they get from working with me. But for other people, it's just that peace of mind and that confidence of knowing that they know their money inside out. Because I think historically, a lot of women had relied on the man in their life mm. to deal with the finances, mm. um, which means, unfortunately, some women have been taken advantage of either by romantic partners or by business partners, because they've always said, oh, yeah, I don't quite get the money stuff and pushed it aside. Um, which has meant that if there is embezzlement within a business or there's problems going on with finances at home, sometimes they're the last to know because it just doesn't occur to them. Yeah. We've all seen that, that bit in um, uh, The Full Monty where the guy loses his job and his wife still makes him a packed lunch and he goes off out every day and doesn't tell her that he's lost his job and she carries on spending and she's got absolutely no idea at all yeah. because they don't talk about money. Um, so I think that it's important that even in a you know the most happy content relationship that you could be in that you understand enough about your money that you know whether things are on track or not i wish i'd had this conversation with you about 20 years ago claire because <laughs> i could completely relate to it because i actually got divorced 10 years ago and when i actually came to getting divorced because i, I was that woman that kind of let her husband do anything because i was terrible at maths and i really wasn't interested in it and just kind of put my head in the Kind of book it and let him get on with everything so when i did get divorced which was all fine but when I, what i found was that i was actually financially invisible in, in yeah. all the systems so it was like having to start completely from scratch with banking with credit cards with car insurance and everything because everything was kind of not in my name or and yeah. i was so cross with myself afterwards and with hindsight it's a wonderful thing isn't it and i have moving forward I'm, i now make a point of making sure that i do know what where where I'm spending my money and what I'm doing and that things are in my name and even though I'm remarried. But I think you're right. I think it's a very common thing that women kind of have historically ignored quite a lot of the financial side and actually really need to get their head around it quicker. I think, I mean, over time, I think it will change. I mean, they're starting um, financial education in schools now. That was part of a campaign that Martin Lewis led um, to give our children some financial literacy. And I think as parents are more conscious that, they didn't have it growing up. They want to give it to their kids in terms of sort of education as opposed to the money itself. And certainly, I mean, I've got um, two children and my youngest is nine and a half um, and he gets given money each week, depending on how he does with his, his spellings and his times tables when he gets home from school. But, you know, if we go out to the shop and he wants to get something, 
he knows that he needs to be able to give me the money for it when he gets home. And if he hasn't got the money, he can't have it. Um, and, you know, even this week we went to the shop for something and he was after some new books and bits and pieces. And I said to him, but have you got enough money at home for that? I said, because you haven't given me yet. I think it was about 18 pound. He owed me for some Nerf gun stuff that he wanted a couple of weeks ago. I said, you need to give me that money first and see how much you've got left before you decide whether we want to go and buy these two books for seven pound at Astral, whatever they were. Mm. And he said, oh, okay. And when I got home, he went upstairs and he came downstairs with his little pile of pound coins. So he's given them to me now and he knows. And it's not particularly that I want the money off him for it, but I want him to learn the lesson that you can only spend it once. And that, you know, if we're making the choice when we go into town that you've got a pound, that if you buy a magazine, you can't have sweets as well, you know, and that life is about choices. And I suppose in terms of the way that I teach the clients I work with, that is my biggest takeaway is that, you know, you've got the money that you've got and you can spend it however you choose. There are plenty of people who send their children to private school who don't go on foreign holidays and drive a beat up old car because actually their their priority is their children's education and that's what they want to spend their money on. Equally, there are other people that will might spend 80, 90 pound a month on Sky TV because they watch all the sport and all the movies and all the bits. And if that's them and their life, that's fine. Mm. But you can only do it once. And if you're spending 80 pound on that, that's 80 pound less you have to spend on something else. And, you know, we sort of look at spending plans, I suppose, as opposed to budget planners with people. And, you know, if you want to spend 5,000 pound a year on holidays, that's absolutely fine. But you need to make sure that then that's money you're not spending on other things, because that's where the problem lies. So I don't think it's about necessarily not having things but it is about making choices and I think you know if we can teach our children to make these choices then hopefully as they grow up they will be in a better position than we were as adults Um, and hopefully you know they will make better choices moving forward for their families. Because I know you've written quite a lot about this kind of everyone's got their own money story and that actually kind of self-sabotages them or can self-sabotage them when it comes to dealing with money. Um, So can you explain a little bit more about what you mean about that? Well, money story is something that's really sort of a bit of a woo-woo concept because when I first heard about it, I thought, well, I haven't got a money story. I've got no issues with money and blah, blah, blah. But I have actually found that as I've started to do more work on this and inner work on this, more and more things come to light that I hadn't realised. Things from my youth and my past that I had actually push down, they're in your subconscious, you don't know they're there, that type of thing. So in essence, your money story is that little voice in your head that tells you either that you can hear or you can't hear um, about what you think about money. And the problem is that most of the beliefs we form about this happen before you get to eight or nine years old. And they are usually things that you've heard from parents, family, teachers, other people, influences that you've had, albeit you can be influenced later in life, but most of the key stuff happens then. And the problem is that often these things you don't even know are there, which means they do sabotage you without you even realising. So one of the most common ones is to do with the fact that you can't have money if you're a nice person. At some point in your past, you'll have met somebody who, when you were at primary school or whatever, they had more money than you did. Either they had more toys than you had or their parents had a nicer car, a nicer house. They went skiing and you didn't. Something like that. And somewhere along the line, you'll have fallen out with them about something and your brain ties together the fact that 
they're not very nice because they've got money. Which means that although you don't think about it, and on a logical sense, you know that there are good people in the world. Some have money, some don't have money. You know, there are nasty poor people as well as nice poor people, and there are nasty rich people as well as nasty nice rich people. Hmm. That somehow along the line, your brain equates it to, well, if I've got nice stuff, I'll be the horrible one and no one will like me. And actually, we all want to be liked and accepted deep down. You know, you can put as many posts on Facebook as you like about, I'm me and if you don't like it, lump it. But deep down, we all want to be loved and accepted. And that can be a really hard thing because you suddenly realize that um, you know, you're stopping yourself having this money because you're worried about what other people will think. You don't want to be the show off, you know, the girl mm. at school who had the new shiny shoes and everyone was like, ooh, look at you. You know, you don't want to be that person, which means you buy the nice stuff, but you don't tell anybody because you don't want to be seen to be flashy. And, it's all those things that go on with your behaviors and some of it can be really quite sort of some obscure stuff. I mean, I, I did some um, mindset type work with a couple of mindset coaches over the, over the years. And because, you know, I, I know about this on a, a base level, this is not my main mm. area of specialism. Um, and when you actually use things like, um, success in printing or RTT therapy, guided hypnosis, any of those type things to actually help you, see those things that are impacting on your life you can be really surprised how something really little and minor in your past has led you to actually be where you are now Hmm. Um, and there are all sorts of things about um, money sabotage and some of it I say is to do with what other people will think some of it is the concept that as you get older, you can have more money. So often as a child, if you got given pocket money, your pocket money went up when you had a birthday. And as you got older, you got more money. So subconsciously, a lot of people carry the idea that they can only earn a certain amount of money in their twenties or thirties because they've not been doing it long enough. When you've been doing it longer, you can earn more money because you haven't got as much experience rather than looking at the transformation you make with a client and what that's worth you think oh well, yeah but because I'm new and I've only been doing it a year I can't charge that mm. and again that's a, a self-sabotage type thing that can happen um, and I say often people have the, the fear that they should be helping people um, and if you're helping people you can't charge them for it yeah. which is a really bizarre concept because you know when you go into a supermarket they expect you to pay the ticket price for the goods that you buy. You know, you can't turn around to, you know, the chap in Sainsbury's with your basket and shopping and say, well, I know it says 60 pound, but you know, I think it'd be better 40 because I can't really afford 60. So can I just give you 40? And we wouldn't think of doing it for a physical product, Mm. but often when you're working with people, especially in the online space, you'll find that um, people will be asking for discounts and you're, inner money story will justify it to you and you'll say well actually you want to be a nice person you don't want to be the cow that says no and because of that you end up either taking on clients who are not your ideal clients or you offer discounts and things that that you shouldn't now i'm not saying you can't ever offer a discount we offer discounts for various things so you know existing clients get discounts and friends and family that get referred in get discounts and depending on the product or program that I'm promoting, sometimes I might do an early bird or action taker discount because mm. I want to encourage people to put their money where their mouth is and get off their backside and do something. That is yeah. something I'm very passionate about is getting off the fence and making a decision. And, 
you know, for some people, if I can offer them an incentive that in the first 48 hours or the first 10 days or whatever, if you sign up, you'll get X amount off. It encourages people to put their foot over the line and make that step. And I know that the difference they're going to have is phenomenal. Um, we're actually keeping ourselves small, aren't we? We're still, particularly women. If, if we are struggling with kind of this money self-sabotage, it keeps us small instead of playing big, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of people find it as a, a physical manifestation that they find that as they approach sort of an income level that they feel that they were comfortable with, then they struggle. So if they've always said to themselves that, um, you know, they'd be happy if they earn £30,000 a year, once they get to the stage their business is doing that, they sort of lose their incentive to promote their programs. They don't feel as brought up behind things. They can't work out why they can't be bothered to do it. There's just something there that means they're not doing it and they don't know why. And often they've hit an income ceiling and they look at it and think, well, you've always said you'd be happy with 30. You've got 30. So you're done, aren't you? Mm. And whatever that figure is for you, sometimes people struggle to push past it um, and they feel it in terms of how it affects their behavior. Some people actually end up feeling ill. I mean, I know mm. of other sort of six figure entrepreneurs that as they reach an income ceiling, often end up going down with migraines, cold flu bugs or other things like that, as if their body system is just saying, no, you've got enough, stop, mm. just stop. Yeah. You know, so um, which is so hard and it's, it's really fascinating. And as, as somebody with a scientific background, um, I love all this stuff because although, you know, I am a, um, I'm a Christian, I'm not into sort of all of the woo-woo type faith stuff. I do appreciate from a scientific point of view that there are things going on in our head that change the way we react to situations. And that sometimes if we can understand how our mind is processing something, we can then reroute it the way we want to get the outcome we need. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. I mean, what would if if you could talk to to a woman now that 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 really does need to kind of make some life changes and to get their kind of finances and their control of their financial situation? What piece of advice would you give to someone just starting out wanting to know more? I think the first step I would always give to people is that you need to know what you've got or you've not got. So often if I run an online challenge or a workshop, the first exercise I ask people to do is to write down just on a piece of paper how much money they think they earn each month, how much comes into their account. You don't need to share this with anybody. I don't want to know. You don't need to tell anybody. Okay. Hmm. And how much money do they spend each month on their bills and direct debits? And how much money do they spend on other stuff? And then have a look at their internet banking on their phone app or whatever, and just have a look to see how close to that figure are you? And all I get them to do is to put a little colored heart, a little green heart if they're near enough on track, amber if they're not too far, red if they're completely out of whack. So all we get for everybody as a participant is three little colored hearts because mm. money's a personal thing. You don't wanna share with me what you're earning, spending or anything else often, certainly not in a group setting. And actually that is the first step because often until people sit and look at it, they have got no idea. Yeah. And ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you've got or not got, but you need to know. You should know within 50 to 100 pounds how much is in your bank account at the moment. Mm. You know, if I said to you, your car is blown up and you need 300 pounds for repairs, is that in your savings account? Is it in your current account? Or are you going to have to put it on a credit card? Do you know without checking? Have you yeah. got an idea? And everybody, it's going to be different, and that's fine. But head in the sand is, is not the answer at all. Mm. Um, and this is something that I help people do. So, you know, it depends on your next step, depends on um, 
the type of person you are, how you like to learn and how you like to process information. So from my point of view, I work with people at all sorts of different levels. So I have on my website, if you go to piecetogether.co.uk, you will find blog articles. I write um, two blogs a month and one way and another, pretty much all the money topics you're going to need are there. They've got mm. helpful tips. They're easy to read. But they're really interesting. I have read them. They are really interesting. And, um, and they're, they're available for anybody. If you like it, feel free to share it with anybody, anybody that you like. I've also got a membership, which is a low price option. It's £36 a month. And that's designed to be a series of bite-sized modules on all of your financial stuff. So you can go in and if there's a particular topic you want to know more about organising your money or we put in about lasting power of attorneys and wills last month. There's all sorts of things, business related, personal related, and there's no commitment. So you can sign up, take what you need, leave, come and go as you like. That's absolutely fine because I wanted to create something for people who weren't ready to work with me one-to-one. One-to-one is the work I love. Over a course of five weeks, I can make an amazing difference in people's lives, but not everybody's ready for that. They don't either ready for the time investment, the financial investment or whatever. So I like to feel that I've got other things available so that I can still help people. And for me, that's how I deal with that money block that says to me, but you've got to be able to help people. You can't turn them away just because they can't afford to work with you. Mm. And that's why I built the suite of products that I did. And, you know, every so often I will do pop-up workshops that are an affordable price or I have a series of eBooks on a particular topic because I want to be able to help people. But equally, I have to focus on the fact that, you know, where can I have the most impact? And the fact that this is a business, And like a lot of women in business, you know, if this is going to be a business for you, you need to be making profit. If it's not, you have an expensive hobby. Yeah. Okay. And the fact that people say, oh, well, no businesses make money in the first two or three years is complete rubbish. Mm. You know, some businesses don't completely get that, but lots of them do. And there's Mm. no reason why yours can't. Well, thank you so much for sharing that wisdom. And hopefully you've given other people more confidence to kind of take control of their finances and take that step forward as well. So thank you so much. I ask all my guests the same question because women are notoriously bad at paying themselves compliments and if, if they, and accepting compliments. So if you could give yourself a compliment, what would it be? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. So this is like sitting in a job interview, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I could pay myself a compliment, what would it be? Um, I think it would be that I am confident to talk to women about subjects that matter, even when the conversation is a little bit uncomfortable. And the fact that I have the courage to do that rather than avoiding the question and leaving a hole, I think is really important. So Yeah. yeah, to do with the confidence to speak out and say what I need to say. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing with me today. It's been really interesting and yeah, it definitely has encouraged me to take a bit more control and look into my finances too and stop avoiding it. So thank you so much. And Brilliant. Are you also on social media? Can people find you on social yep, media? Yeah, I'm on social media. So um, Facebook is my platform of choice. If you find me on there, my name is Claire Sweet. You're welcome to friend request me. Um, I have a business page as well, which is Peace Together Money Coaching. You'll find that. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I potter about a bit on Instagram, but not a lot to be fair. But you're welcome to connect with me wherever suits you. Um, and yeah, if there's something that you want to discuss with me, feel free to ping me a message. I know often people don't want to discuss it in a, in a public forum. 
Um, and um, yeah, check out the blog articles and see if anything inspires you. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Claire. Really appreciate it. Lovely to talk to you today. Thank you. Yeah, and you. Thank you. Thank bye you. Bye. So I hope that's got you thinking about your finances. I know it has mine. And I found the idea of everyone having a money story really interesting. And it's definitely made me think about some of mine that might be perhaps holding me back a little bit. So I am going to do some more work on that. If you'd like to know more about Claire, like she said, you can find her at piecetogether.co.uk. And you can also find her on Facebook at Peace Together Money Coaching with Claire Sweet. So uh, please go look her up and... Yeah, let's not put this conversation about money to the back burner. It's so important that we all tackle our own finances and take control. So great start to the week and I will be back next week. Don't forget to subscribe to outofthebubblepodcast.com. Um, you can catch up with all 51 uh, podcasts. And if you subscribe, you'll, you'll be reminded not to miss any of the future ones. I've also, you can also find me on YouTube and Instagram at Rachel Puri one So, and I would love it if you could take time out to leave me a review on any of the platforms where you listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And I will be back next week with another inspiring guest. And I hope you will have a great week. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me on outofthebubblepodcast.com. And in the meantime, keep being fabulous.